This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. Even when we're late, we're right on time. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast. My name is Aaron Camaro, joined as always by my good rock and roll friend, Chris Sinzak. What's up? How's it going, man? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Doing all right. Happy to be back doing this again. Yep. This is going to be fun. We had a lot of fun last week. We're going to have a lot of fun today. <laughs> last week was interesting. It was interesting. We got, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. So before we get into anything else, mm-hmm. let's take care of our business because we got some friends that got our backs. And they're doing it in the form of Facebook recommendations, iTunes reviews, and uh, what's the other one? Podchaser. Is there a Podchaser one in here, too? Yes. Oh, my goodness. There's all three. Okay. Well, let's start with this one. Facebook recommendation comes to us from Darren Faulkner, and he recommends the Decibel Geek podcast. Why does he do it? Because he says, great guys, great music, great knowledge, and a genuine love for metal. Nice. Got a picture and everything on there. That's very cool. Him with Tom Araya and Kerry King of Slayer. Holy shit. That's right. Nice. Very cool. That is metal. Very cool. Thank you so much for the recommendation on the Facebook and also an iTunes review. This one better not be from a bot, damn it. No, it, <laughs> must, it must not be. This one's five stars. Uh, comes to us from John James Sparks from the good old USA. Longtime listener and supporter. Great show. Great host. Fantastic content. Love it. That's awesome right nice. there. Short, sweet, to the point. All five stars. We like that. We like it a lot. And look here. A pod chaser review. Comes to us from Jeremy T. Living. Goes like this. Oh, nice. Look at those. Those are pink stars. Yeah. Wow. How appropriate. <laughs> How inappropriate. Right. Uh, new fan. Been catching up on the episodes. Worst Kiss songs and Jeff Scott Soto are my favorites so far. That was cool. a great one with Sonny Pooney. Yeah. It's one of my favorites, too. Awesome. I love those ones where we get turned on to new music, mm-hmm. you know, things we didn't really know about before. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be the case today. No. we're we. Uh, this, this one required no research. No. Anymore. This one's going to be <laughs> awesome. So I guess, you know, do you, do we need to do an update? I mean, we yeah, had I guess so, we do. We had so many people. We got a big list of geeks of the week that we're going to read off. But these are the people that shared last week's episode. And last week's episode was our conversation with Joe, mm-hmm. and he told us all about what it was like to work with Vinnie Vincent for mm-hmm. the gathering in Miami before the Kiss Cruise. Yep, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. And uh, we'll, as the world turns, as the stomach turns. <laughs> <laughs> New developments since then. Yeah, this soap opera is just never going to end. Or it might end in February, but uh, we'll see. Um, yeah, I think that's that's where the, it ends, you know. Yes. Boom. So where we left off was Carmine Apice and Tony Franklin were announced for the rescheduled shows from or, that were in Memphis, now in Nashville in February. Yeah, we talked about how it stunk, how Robert Fleischman's name was in little yeah. teeny tiny print on there, on the poster. And then Robert... Uh, put up an interesting post on his Facebook page that uh, was very revealing. So basically that he was going to back out of doing the shows with Vinny. But why? Um, Should I read it? Sure, why not? I, can, I mean, at least preface it and let us know yeah, basically I can, why. I can read what it says. Let me find him real fast. But uh, it was... Well, it was it. It was almost like the tale of two updates with him because of what he said to us, and then he also included the text of what he sent in a text message to Vinny. Okay, it says, 
Looks like I'm the bearer of bad news today. I think a lot of you know my history with Mr. Vincent has been a roller coaster or two. First, things were not feeling good on the business side. Again, the promoter extremely low-balled me to the point of it being insulting. Hmm. The amount of money he offered and the poor organization and lack of respect. Plus, I think it was so bad that the show was canceled at Graceland when the promoter knew some time ago it wasn't going to happen. Which wow. is something we yeah. kind of called. Yep. I had hardly any contact with anyone wondering what was going to happen, changing plans like a lot of you did, and unfortunately we got hit with travel arrangements and hotels having to be canceled and all the money lost. So even he lost money on this. And then they decided to have it in Nashville with two special guests. And on the poster, a picture of Vinny and special guests, and my name below it in tiny little letters that would take a microscope to read it. Yeah, indeed. Thinking that this promoter has something out for me. I don't even know him. After that, I said to myself, I'm not going down this road again. People, I've been up and down with this situation like a lot of you. Unfortunately, some people don't learn from their past. Well, I do. I'm not going to hop on that train ever again. This is what I texted to Vinny. Vinny, I'm going to bow out of doing the show in Nashville. I apologize, but my heart is just not into it anymore. Please understand, while you were away, I was pursuing other avenues in my life, and I just enjoy the way it is now. I would have called you, but I feel you would have tried to talk me into doing this project with you. But my heart just isn't in it. I'd love to still be in touch with you and be friends, so all the best to you, are. Yeah. And in the comments, uh, four, it's up to 460 comments. I, uh, I commented a few times back and forth with Robert on it. And, yeah. And I just said this is... This is just not cool in any way, you know, no. to, to be disrespected like that. And then I know some people asked him if he had heard anything from Vinny from the text. He said nothing. Nothing. So uh, so now he's out of the show. So now there's no singer. Carmine did go on Eddie Trunk's show and did confirm that they are doing the shows. But even he didn't have a lot of details. So uh, he said he had had a couple of phone calls with Vinny and they talked about the old days and, you know, plans and stuff. But... No rehearsal's been happening or anything like that, and, and he's been having a hard time getting details from the promoter. Big surprise there. Wow. So um, for those of you that are still going to this thing in Nashville in February, I hope you get a good show. I really yeah. do. I'm not wishing for this thing to fail. It's I hope Derek Christopher's a good singer. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, he might be the lead vocalist that night, the way it's going. And Carmine said he had talked to Vinny. And that's that's there's a weird rub there because Carmine said that Vinny had told him that Robert said that he was backing out uh, because of uh, that he can't hit the notes anymore. That it's it's all about his voice. Ah, oh, come on! And that Vinny had told him that Robert hasn't sung in years, and Robert's a painter what? now. Robert's been doing music the whole time. Yeah, I got that Sky CD so, right over there. It's yeah, killer. It's pretty interest. That's pretty convenient uh, reasoning. Rather, no mention of uh, him being screwed on the amount of money he was going to get paid or uh, being you know minimized on the poster. Right. So, you know, typical shenanigans, and we'll Carmen's, see how this plays Carmen's out. Carmen's no fool, man. He knows. Uh, yeah. He knows. So that's the uh, that's the update on the soap opera. So That's a bummer, man. It's a bummer it's got to be this way. This is not what we ever envisioned when we thought Vinnie Vincent was coming back. I think we all hoped for better than this. Yeah, most definitely. But, uh, yeah. Well, we had a lot of people that really enjoyed that conversation last week yeah. about the one and only Vinnie Vincent. Yeah, and then our our buddy Rock and Ron Runyon did a uh, little <laughs> snippet of Ron. snippet of our rant against Vinnie at the end of and Derek at the end of the episode. Uh, yeah, you know, I Rock uh, and Ron. If nothing else, I'll give I'll give him thumbs up for always creative titles. Yeah, yeah, calling it "fuck this guy." Uh, Decibel Geek response to Vinnie Vincent post moment or something like that how many views and all that were you telling me was on there thousands yeah golly yeah, a lot and then probably like hundreds of comments too and 
Yeah, if you uh, if, if you want to lose all faith in humanity, read the comments on YouTube. <laughs> That's all I can say. But uh, I, I, we we will veer away from what other shows do and not mention negative responses by trolls because why would you want to waste a whole show on that? I know other shows like to do that, but we don't. Oh yeah, no, yeah, it, it is, is what it is. Okay. You know, we'd rather concentrate on the people that celebrate Decibel right. Geek Podcast, the people that really liked last week's episode, the people that went out there and shared it and retweeted it. And they are our Geeks of the Week. Yeah, Geeks of the Week this week are focused on metal podcasts. Todd Cunningham, Nate Atchison, Mike Barnell, Samuel Wetz, Need Rocky, and Wildly from Rockamel Combat. Matt Ashcraft, Rich Canamar, Andrew Kiss, Anthony Visconti, Ray Coon, Sonny Pooney, William Douglas, Robin Bennett, The Bakery Podcast, Aaron Baker, Greg Toyan from the Lipstick Panel. We were guests on that show this past week discussing Kiss's Animal. Oh, yeah, that was fun. Baco was on there with us. Check that out. Chris McDowell, Cobras and Fire, Baco, Trevor Johnson, Wayne Cross, Steve Wright from Potter Than Hell, Rosita Mark, Matt Porter, James McElhenney, Rodney T. Barrington, Christopher Stokes, Stephen Atchison, Anna Maria, Ernesto Aguiar, Alex Thorne, Jay Shablusky, Daryl Albert, David Cathy, J.J. Mack, Adam Cox, Jeff Mendenhall, Stealth, Paul Kane, Simon Cat, Thomas Mukaji, uh, Joseph Ciambelli, Kevin Williams, Darren Lanou, Kiss Army Norway, wow. Nils Brex Vincent, met Nils in uh, Atlanta, great guy. Oh, yeah. Brent Tibbetts, Decibel Geek TV, Rockin' Ron Runyon, Greg York, Bill Elam, Brent Cattell, Mark Alden Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, and of course, the, the Mooger Fooger. All right. So why don't you tell us about what these fine people can share and retweet this week? Okay. So this is kind of a, it's kind of two episodes in one. Yeah. Um, the main theme is uh, we have our good friend Andrew Scambatti. It's a long one. It's a long episode, people. Strap in. He's uh, he's a filmmaker and the host of uh, Kiss My Collectibles podcast, which uh-huh. is really cool. And uh, if he, he created an amazing Kiss movie called The Greatest Show on Earth. I'm glad I got to see it. Me too, because as of this recording, it's been pulled from YouTube. So, you're going to hear a detailed conversation to be, at the beginning with Andrew about the making of the movie and some of the cool things about it and, you know, his motivation for doing it. And even some predictions about what exactly happened, it getting pulled. Pretty much. Um, even though you can't watch it, I still think you'll enjoy the conversation for about the making of the movie because there's some pretty cool little nuggets in there. Yeah. But then he stays on with us and uh, we do our top five Kiss songs from 73 to 77. We had to break it down. You know, we want to split this up. We want to make several episodes out of this. We did the worst Kiss songs. Now we want to celebrate the best. Right. From the the most popular era of the band. Yeah, and I, I when I teased it yesterday, I, I just said, you know, there's a lot of controversy with a K surrounding Kiss and all things related to members uh in twenty eighteen. So why don't we do an episode where all was right in the world? Yep. When everything was perfect. Yeah, so uh, this should be more of an uplifting episode for you than last (laughs) week was. We were a little bit of a downer for you last week. Except uh, except when you get to the end of part one and you realize, I didn't get to see this amazing movie. Yeah, I guess that would be a bit of a bummer. I hope everybody got to see it. I know he was on a few other podcasts, so hopefully you caught it there in time to see it. But stick around for the top five Kiss songs today. It's a fun discussion. Yeah, it gets pretty funny. All right, we ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. So the greatest show on earth, you know, I I almost can't even say the title without smiling from ear to ear. (laughs) This is something that I've been working on for over a year and I've had the idea probably for 10 years. Nice. And uh, it's just, it's, 
the main purpose behind it is I wanted someone to have the same feeling that I have about Kiss. I wanted to convey the ultimate love letter to 1977 and to 1977 Kiss. And the best way to do that is to make something like this. I mean, this band is the most visually accessible and the most visually stimulating band of all time. Yes. And no one has done anything like this before. Why? Why? I, I don't understand it. So for me, being a, a kid from New Jersey, to be able to get, get a shot at doing this, um, it, it was great. And and I, I hope, you know, in, in one way or another, that this goes down in, in infamy, much like some of the Kiss Vision things did in the 90s. <laughs> I remember well, I'd say so far so good. Yeah, that's it's honestly as far as like a independently fan made Kiss thing, um, I didn't think anyone would top Kiss a Visual Evolution, which was out in the '90s, and we all watched it over yeah. and over again, and that was really well done. But this, honestly, in my opinion, tops that. It's and I know totally. it's not a full history from that era, but you do. It's not just to zero in on '77, right? It's not just the Love Gun concert, but Part of what I love about it is is it takes breaks from the concert and then goes back into certain hallmarks of Kiss's history, like yes. the uh, in concert appearance and the Mike Douglas show and uh, Midnight Special. And I love that it that it breaks up the concert that way because you really feel like you're watching something you would have seen in a theater. Shoot. Yeah, and basically the the the, the biggest um, I guess influence behind this was Led Zeppelin's song remains the same. I saw that and I saw these fantasy. You know, clips of John Bonham, you know, being a gangster and shooting people's heads off. And I'm like, man, you know, Kiss should have done something like this. And the only limitation I had is I only had what footage was available to me right. in the masses of, you know, officially either released on Kissology Volume 1 or any of the long form videos from the 90s. So I kind of took all that footage and I kind of just put it in a blender and I wanted to tell the story. So this isn't just a concert video, this isn't just me taking the Largo concert in the Houston concert and syncing it to a live two, which actually was is something that I just was like, oh, I'm going to do this and just whatever happens, happens. It's not just a concert. It's so much more. I mean, from the moment you press play on YouTube, which um, if anybody's just tuning in, a greatest show on earth streaming now on YouTube, it's the only place you can see it. And if you want to support the film, go out and buy Kiss Alive 2 on CD. Go out and buy Kiss Alive 2 on vinyl. Go out and purchase any officially licensed Kiss product if you want to support this. Right. Um, no physical copies will ever be made, and I'm not trying to make money off this. It says it all over, not for sale. But right, I wanted yeah. to tell a story, and no one has told the Kiss story from 1977 or 1970 eyes. Mm -hmm. So what's the first thing you see when you when you, when you you hit play? You see an old VHS play screen like you would have saw if you put a movie in. <laughs> yeah, yeah I like that. <laughs> and then you see you know trailers, and yeah. I'm like, well – I'm going to show a trailer for the movie, but I also want to show a trailer from something 70s. What am I going to show? Thank God it's Friday because that was a Casablanca film and everybody knows that Kiss was on Casablanca Records then. Yeah. And I just – I wanted to bring you back into 1977 and that's what the intro was. And I, I, I want you to sit down and I want you to go, man, this was cool. This is what it was like. Yeah. And that's what people have been saying. So as of the recording of this, we have over 25,000 views. That's great. Uh, nice. Apparently 13 people don't like it. And those people don't like it because they didn't think of it. Their that's names are like Gene Simmons, <laughs> Paul Stan. <I'm> <laughs> um, but now the – and I've told you in, in messaging that um, the concert itself is great. My favorite part, though, is the whole opening part of it, though, because it's got, it's like, it's like when a TV comes on and it shows uh, 
it shows uh, Times Square when the Kiss solo albums. It like shows the Kiss logo and yeah. everything on there. Yeah, and then it's like it's even using audio from Kiss Meets Phantom, like you know, see the Kiss concert tonight. And then yes. it, and then it goes backstage and it's f- you, footage from these news clips that we always saw of them getting ready and putting the makeup on. But it also has like you know news stories from what was going on and i it's it's it really you feel like you're actually taking a time travel trip to 1977 you're in review yeah Yeah, that's that's exactly what i wanted to do and you know i wasn't alive in 1977 i was born in 1985 year of a kiss asylum but i wanted to take you back and i wanted to feel like i felt when i was watching nick at night or was watching three's company or the odd couple and you know i'm i'm very fortunate that uh, i had parents that documented almost everything on on tv so like when i would watch these episodes of odd couple or three's company i was seeing commercials from the 70s that was just out of this i mean i remember feeling a certain way watching those shows presented that way so i wanted to do a kiss that way yeah but uh, it was just me sitting in my studio creating this and i don't want to make any money off of it i'm not licensing at places i'm not making copies i don't want to do any of that don't copy this don't download it off youtube don't do any of that stuff please 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 keep it up there let's enjoy this for as long as we can And, and i tell you if it does get taken down then then that's it then you know the powers that be have spoken i'm not going to go against them like that but um you know, let's let's spread the word and let's let's be heard as as Kiss fans. Who knows? Maybe they'll call me up and say, "Hey, greatest show on earth is great. Let's make a Kiss. Let's make a, a officially licensed version. Let's yeah, do this. Well, and, you, and your sure. your editing. I got to give my hats off to you for your video editing skills. I mean, it's. I mean, how long have you been doing you. V- video editing? I've been doing video editing for almost as long as I can remember, maybe since I was like 16 or 15. I mean, I, I, I took video editing classes in high school to basically keep me in high school. And uh, so I've been editing for a really, really long time. I got little – I got some independent films out there. I got some music videos that I edited. But this was like the first long-form thing that I've ever done. Mm. And, and I tell you, like you. I said, I spent over a year doing it, just getting everything where it needed to be. Yeah. The hardest thing was syncing up footage from Kiss a lot from from those concerts to Kiss Alive too. Yeah. And if you don't know. Yeah. Some of the shots I, I had to slow down or speed up and to make the match as best as I can. Wow. What I detail. noticed most is that Kiss Live didn't sound like Kiss Alive too. Right. Never did. <laughs> <laughs> Never did. You know, th- there are some places where you can notice the audio's not perfectly in sync, but you know, I, I tried my best with what I had. And um you know, I had those three shows. I had two nights at Houston, and I had the, the the Largo show to use. So I tried my best to make it as seamless as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you really gotta, you know, you really have to put on. You really gotta take off the critical glasses a little bit and say, "I'm just gonna enjoy this for what it is," because this should have happened. Yeah, it really absolutely. should have. That's the feeling I got when I watched it. It struck me as, what if this would have come out instead of the Phantom? Mm-hmm. You know, what what trajectory? would have that have made on the career of kiss you know where i know a lot of old school fans dropped out around that time like once they see this goofy thing on tv they're like that shit's for little kids we don't like kiss no more on to something else you know on to yes. priest on to maiden stuff like that but what if something like this would have come out instead what if this as it is as andrew put it together and presented it would have came out in the place of phantom would it have saved kiss i think it Maybe. might have 
I think it would have. I think Kiss would have been more respected. Yeah, than definitely. They ended up being ultimately. Um, you know, last week the Queen movie came out, which I haven't seen yet. I've heard it's fantastic. I, I'm a huge Queen fan. I'm definitely going to go and see it. But Queen is a band that is much more respected than Kiss is. Oh, sure. Kiss yeah. is seen as a comic book band, which, yeah, it's great for us. We, we love comic books. But, but I'm saying if something like this came out, it may have put focus back on the music. Yeah, yeah for sure. Let's not, let's not forget about those early 2000 documentaries that came out that VH1 did a great job doing. You know, Behind yeah. the Makeup, Ultimate Albums, Kiss Alive, mm-hmm. Fan Clubs. I mean, we have them documenting stuff then, but they're telling them in – in the eyes of them looking back and right. saying, well, I remember this. I did this. The greatest show on earth is told as it happened. I tried to do as best as I could to tell the story from their perspective as it happened. Right. right. You yeah. know, and, and I thought that was really important. There, there's another version of it, which nobody will ever see. There's another version where I was narrating it and there was no kiss talking. Really? There, it was just me narrating the story. And, I said, I was like, it's not really personal. Who cares who I am? No one cares who I am. They care about what Kiss is. They care about Kiss and them telling their story. So I went and I reviewed all these old radio interviews and all these old spots. And, and you know, and I looked and I was like, well, how can I tell the story with stuff that's already been done? Because if I want to say something, if I want to present something, I got to find the clip that says that. Right. So that was hard. That was hard. And I don't have a whole lot of things to to, to choose from, especially in, in great quality. Right. So it was important for me to tell a story. I'm I'm a storyteller. I've always been a storyteller, and I needed to tell the story of Kiss, and I did. Yeah, you and did. I, and I and I really really hope that people watch this and they go, "Fuck, I love Kiss." That's all I want someone to do, and I want them to get up. Maybe they're going to buy an end of the road ticket, or maybe they're going to buy a T-shirt, or maybe they're going to do. Maybe they're going to listen to Kiss again. Um, that's what it's about. It's about being a fan and remembering why you were a fan. Who cares who's lip syncing or who cares that <laughs> Tommy Thayer's wearing Ace's makeup or, or who, who, who cares? Hmm. We all love this band. And this is a period of time that none of us can argue. Yeah, indeed. And was good or you, bad. When you want to present it to somebody, when you want to turn somebody on to Kiss, that's a great way. That's of doing the it. perfect way to do it because that's Kiss at their peak, you know, at yes. their at the very peak of their power. So that's the Kiss you want to present. Yeah, and I yeah. and like even little details. And you tell me if I'm if I'm overreading into this, but like <laughs> certain little things you did in the editing. Even I caught. I think I picked up on like you're playing larger than life through the uh, the intro montage where it's showing the band getting ready, and the when the line goes, you can't believe your eyes. It's got it, Paul putting eye makeup on, and he raises his eyebrow. Like, was that intentional? Yes, all that nice. stuff was intentional because I wanted I wanted someone to be as you know neurotic of a fan that I am, well, I am. and I wanted to put little <laughs> nuances in there and and see things and kiss was larger than life what better song to start off a movie than larger than life it's perfect you guys are insane and, but I <laughs> but I love it and you know and the movie starts out with uh, in 1977 kiss reached their visual peak this impressive spectacle was never documented until now right how was it not documented until now it doesn't make a lot of sense like we, no, you, you it, end up getting a tv movie instead of a concert film yeah right. and we should have gotten something like this and, and when i first was drawing up the idea of doing this i was like well i could try and tell the kiss story as best i can but i, I knew for the time period i was limited as mm-hmm. far as my footage goes so i actually thought i didn't think i was going to get an hour out of it i thought i was gonna have to pad that and, and do other stuff so my initial plan was to weave in my personal history to this because 1977 kiss was my introduction to kiss i saw phantom for the first time and that that was how i got into kiss 
So what I initially the very first cut of the film, it ran about, I don't know, 90 minutes or, or, or 100 minutes. Every time it would go back in from uh, an interview clip or, or something, it would have a visual moment that I experienced. I, I'm very lucky that I lived when I lived because a lot of my memories of Kiss are documented. Mm-hmm. There's whole movies of me singing Kiss as a, as a baby, almost two, three years old, just singing Kiss. Um, then there's footage of me meeting them. There's um, a radio appearance that Gene did in 2002 where I got on the air and got to talk to him. Right on. And and and, and it ended. So it started with you know Kiss 1977, me saying that this is the greatest show on earth. And then the original cut of the movie ended with me meeting Gene at the vault here in Cleveland in April. And it ended with him, you know, just pulling me in for a hug and holding me there. And that's how it ended. Oh, so so I, I watched that and I go, oh, this is great. But I was like, you know what? This isn't about me. And and I would I would have cheapened it if I made it about me. So yeah. I was like, I, I need to reel it in and make it just 1977 Kiss. And that's what I did. Well, I guess you, I have, like you have your personal cut for your personal use if you right, ever want to watch it. For then. sure. If you guys don't know, I, I did post on my Facebook page, which – if you're a Kiss fan, follow me on Facebook because uh, I, I don't post political stuff. I don't post anything. It's just Kiss, and that should be what it's it's about. We should just be sharing cool Kiss memories. That's, uh, that's all uh, the, the internet the next should be about. Next project I'm doing is, is something like, yeah, yeah. The next project is uh, basically a video diary of Kiss in 1990, which is what should have been exposed to. Yeah, I was going to so ask So there's a bunch this. of footage about that. Wow. So mm-hmm. as long as you know Kiss is legal, he doesn't shut me down. That's what's going to be. That's that's that's. What's next? Well, I like so, you say, um, you know, it's, I, I, it's I not don't. like you're making money off it. This is more like an awesome hobby you're doing. It's a passion. And if it comes down to it where they say, well, you're breaking the law with your passion, I go, well, great. Hire me. Yeah. Just put my name on it and, and just release this out. And you guys take all the money for it. I, I, I take none of that away from that. I acknowledge that this is uh, this is this is theirs. And, and if you, you look at the, the original title screen I have in there, it, it, it says this project is intended for entertainment purposes only right. and will never be sold or distributed for profit. And I, I really want people to support Kiss. Go out and buy a Kiss record because records are in again. Vinyl is making an explosion. Go out and buy a Kiss one. Go to soundofvinyl.com today and pre-order the new um, orange translucent rock and roll over 40th anniversary vinyl. Go and do that. And then watch The Greatest Show on Earth while you're pre-ordering that. You know, I really, really hope that someone listens and goes, well, this guy isn't trying. He's not a bootlegger. The biggest thing those fans did in the 90s is whomever made the visual evolution, whomever edited concerts, they sold them. They made the, they made these VHS tapes and they sold them because, you know, at the time there was no YouTube. So they made these copies right. and they sold them. They should not have done that. I will never, ever do that. So watch it on YouTube and buy a Kiss product. Let's send a message to the band that we want stuff like this. Yeah. I mean, I would – and that's – I, w- I always wished Gene and Paul would – would start, you know, distributing stuff like this because, like, the, the Kissology stuff sold really well, and it's like, I know DVDs are even dying, but like, even if they did stuff that was streaming, like, you know, Metallica does a lot of this stuff where it's like, yeah. we know the fans want all this stuff, so let's just put it out. I, I don't know what the holdup is on Kiss doing this. I, I can only assume they're waiting until they're done to do it, but it's, in my opinion, no time like the present. Why not make the fans happy? Right. Yeah. And seeing I, something I, I like this has got to make them feel that it's. It's very possible to create something like this from old footage in the hands of somebody that really cares and has a passion about doing something like this for us, that this is a very achievable thing. I mean, you can't not look at this movie and go, how awesome is Kiss? 
You know, so yeah. there's nothing detrimental to it at all. No. So there's nothing that Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, or any of the, the four of them could look at at this video and be like, I don't like that. Except for the fact that, you know, man, I wish we'd have met this guy <laughs> two years ago. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and I actually want to do a, there's a there's a funny thing in there. So when I did this, I initially wasn't going to tell people that it was, was me, but yeah. people started to, to know and, and, and word started to spread because um, I, I kind of wanted to be a mystery anyway. So when you're making a movie, you love to do the credits because doing the credits, that means you're done. You've you've completed this thing and now you can finally sleep at night because mm-hmm. a lot of sleepless nights making this. So <laughs> I, I was like, what am I going to do for the credits? I can't say that I did this. I can't say that so-and-so did this or, or whatever. I, I can't do it. So what am I going to do? I'm like, ah, I got to do something. I got to – something has to – ah, I know. I opened up the gatefold of Kiss Alive 2 and that's the credits in the movie. Yeah. So if you look at the credits in there, it's exactly what it said on Kiss Alive 2. It's such a cool touch too, because yeah. like you, it looks like a real official thing that would have come out. I mean, it's down to all the crew and everything. Yeah, and that's exactly how it was in Kiss Alive Two. That wasn't me like reading books or doing anything or, or, or making something myself. It just came exactly from Kiss Alive Two, that's and even awesome. the the coin address and all that stuff came from Kiss Alive Two. Wow, now, I, I so did I, I did just release a poster that uh, to to kind of let everybody know that it was me. I put my film company's logo on it and, and all that stuff. But it, it does say that uh, you know Incognito Films, in association with uh, not Casablanca Records and Filmworks, <laughs> you know, not produced by Eddie Kramer, right? Because people could think that this is a real thing, and it's not. I'm not trying to pass it off as a real thing. Yeah, and I loved on it's the good enough uh, to be. I loved on the trailer with Ken Mills doing the the overdub yes. with the Casey Kasem voice, and then yeah. in, in theaters, never, <laughs> never. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it said like available September 31st, which isn't even yes. a real date. Exactly. That's exactly what I did. And, and and when Ken did that trailer, I didn't know if this was going to come out. I didn't know if YouTube was going to flag me and not have me be able to upload it. Or I didn't know if it was going to come out. I just, I just didn't. It, it it was one of those things where, ah, well, maybe it will, maybe it won't. And I had to sit on this for you know almost two months knowing that I did this awesome thing. And no one is going to get to see it. And then it came out. Somebody put it up on YouTube, and uh, people were loving it. And I was like, okay, you know, I, I told friends of mine, I go, listen, I'm not going to say it's me. You guys go and talk about it and, and share it everywhere. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. Right. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I was like, you know what? If we hit, if we hit five thousand, I'll, I'll, I'll say it was me. And we hit five thousand. <laughs> I was like, ah, if, we, if we hit ten thousand, I'll say it's me. And then it hit ten thousand. I go, all right, fifteen thousand, and I'm going to say that it's me. And we hit fifteen thousand. And as the recording of this, as I mentioned, we are at over twenty five thousand views. Twenty five thousand views. Something that I did in my studio. That's amazing. And 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 if you guys don't know, um, I I rent a house with two of my really really close friends. And there, in our kitchen, there was like uh, an offshoot of the kitchen that was, I guess, supposed to be like a little dinette area. Mm. wasn't big enough to put a table in there. But that's where my studio is. So basically, I made this in my kitchen, you know. <laughs> and now twenty five thousand people have seen it, and and, and are loving it. So you know, uh, it, it's it, it's cool. I, I check I check the views almost every day, <laughs> and and I'm just like, wow. I can't believe this. So, and it's shows like you guys that are going to push it even higher. Oh yeah, we're going right to. Yeah, every anyone listening to this, if you like Kiss at all, even if, if you don't you like don't, Kiss yeah. and you want to get into them, go on YouTube, look up the greatest show on earth, and watch it. You will not regret it. Aaron and I 100 percent endorse this yes. movie. Um, 
And I, I gotta wonder, did you have you? I guess you've probably heard from some longtime Kiss fans that they were like kids when this, when all this happened. I mean, I'm sure they're like loving watching this. Yeah, you know, it, it's really funny. The internet is a scary place because there are a lot of Kiss fans that are unhappy, and they they will voice that they're not happy. But there was a Kiss FAQ thread started about this that I didn't start, and everyone just says, "Wow, this is nope. incredible," mm-hmm. and. It was for the first probably six weeks, uh, well, maybe maybe like four weeks that it was out. It was they were all positive reviews and people just flipping out. So that's why I went and I did that other trailer. And those quotes in the beginning are, are actual quotes that people had. You know, either was on the FAQ or people that actually private messaged me. Yeah. You know, people are people are flipping out over this, saying that this is this. I remember why I was a Kiss fan watching this. Exactly. Yeah, That's and exactly I, what I was trying to do. And I, I mean, I had high hopes for it, but you shattered them when I saw it. I just, <laughs> oh, I really, really appreciate. I was that. just like, really this do. is fucking phenomenal. Yeah. And I, the fact that you're doing the uh, exposed two footage next, because I've watched, I have you know homemade DVDs at home of all of that raw footage, and I've always been thinking somebody should turn this into something because it's just a lot of it's just dead space, but then there's great stuff in between all that dead space. And uh, I can't wait to see what you do with that. Yeah, that one, that's going to be a whole nother, a whole nother monster because um, the feature of The Greatest Show on Earth is the syncing that footage from Kiss Alive 2 to those concerts. I'm going to use the, the Detroit concert from Kissology Volume 2 mm-hmm. as the kind of the main feature and then work in you know cool footage in there. So it's going to be a different monster. Um, look for that in 2019. There's no release date announced yet. No trailer. There's, there's nothing going on with it just yet. But I am working on it. Well, but then there are people that have subscribed to the channel that are like, when is the Alive one coming? <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? The the problem with the Alive one is there's not a whole lot of footage from that period. Right. And I don't want to make the Alive documentary a carbon copy of The Greatest Show on Earth. Right. So I have to I have to come up with an idea. You know, and maybe once I come up with an idea, maybe I'll do something with that. But right now, there's no plans. But people have asked for it. Well, on the um, exposed two footage, uh, promise me that you will not include the part where Paul is shopping for boots through a catalog for a half hour. <laughs> what? <laughs> Every time yeah, I get to that part, I'm like, and, why and, did they and, bother uh, filming this? <laughs> well, well, it's funny because if you watch that that clip closely. Paul asks Eric, "Is like, hey, do you mind if someone comes in here?" And Eric's like, "Yeah, yeah, I mind." And then they cut the camera because Paul and Eric weren't getting along. Oh, uh, I didn't get part of that tour. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, go back and watch. I mean, I've watched this so many damn times. <laughs> I bet. So, um, but um, I, I, you know, I, I don't really know what I'm doing with that yet. I'm just watching the footage and saying, "Well, this is good and that's bad," and so that's the biggest thing about being an editor. You have right. to. You could have this great footage, but you got to pick out the best stuff. You really have to pick out the best stuff and uh, and, and make it work. And again, I, I'm still going to tell a story. Mm-hmm. You're going to take a you're going to pop in the VHS tape again and take a step back into 1990 to see Exposed Two. Yeah, that was my. And I didn't want to call it Exposed Two, but I couldn't think of another name yeah, for it. That's so what I it's always Exposed Two, yeah. and instead of and instead of you know focusing on the X like they did in Exposed, we're focusing on the S. And just taking the us from the greatest show on earth and just making it a little different. So <laughs> yeah, there we, there we, you know. already, so your wheels I, I are hope, already turning. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the wheels are always turning. I mean, Gosh, I, I I'm working wait. with another guy on this one, cool. and uh, we're just we're bouncing ideas back and forth um, just to see what we can do for this one. 
but it, this one, this one probably may take longer. But I remember when I was making it, I'm like, ah, this is gonna be. Uh, I guess it'll be all right. Maybe, pe- maybe someone will like it. Ah, uh, you know. But I remember the very first time that I burned the first copy for myself on DVD, just to make sure that um, I was able to sync everything up, which they've long been destroyed. So don't ask me for them. <laughs> um, we all I got that, YouTube. I, I had to. I had to. I had to take it off of my computer and go and just watch it on a TV. So the, the best way to do that was just to just grab a DVD. So that, that's what I did. And um, I remember putting that DVD in, in, in my DVD player. And I remember watching it for the very first time. And I was like, oh, my God. And my roommates were like, what? I'm like, I think I just, I think I just made the greatest thing ever. And they're like, shut, and they're like, they're like, they're like, shut up. And I was like, I was like, no, I was like, I'm not just saying it that because it was me. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm like, this is, I, they're not Kiss fans, yeah. so they didn't understand. Oh. But I remember when I first showed, um, I think Mike Wren mm. might have been the first one that actually saw some footage. You see the Mike Wren or, or Jason um, from Kiss My Collectibles, and they were like, oh my god, you've done it. That's awesome, man. But, uh, I love but, it. I love it a lot. I recommend it to anybody that's a huge Kiss fan, anybody that wants to introduce themselves to Kiss. This is the way to do it because it's them, like I said, in all their majestic power from 1977 when there wasn't a band on earth that could touch them. That's what you get in this movie. Absolutely. And now, Deep Thoughts with Paul Stanley. The albums that set off a rock and roll explosion. First, there was Kiss. Then, Hotter Than Hell. Then, Dressed to Kill. The Fire, the Frenzy, the Fantastic Rise of the Kiss Army. The three albums that caused a rock revolution are now specially priced in a historic three-record set with an exclusive Kiss history book and more. Kiss, the originals. Get yours today. Don't miss the sensational all-new KISS show. The smoke, the flames, the exploding sound and fury of KISS. Saturday, July 10th at Roosevelt Stadium. It's almost time to jump right back in with Andrew, and we're going to be talking about our top five Kiss songs from our broken down 70s era. Was it 73 to 77? Yes. Yeah, perfect. I hope nobody breaks the rules. (laughs) Meantime, over at headquarters, there's all kinds of great stuff going on. I'm talking about decibelgeek.com. This week, it's all big news about Killer B. You guys remember Killer B. Right, we man. talked about those guys, I think, last year, mm-hmm. and they had some great stuff going on then. They've got some cool stuff going on now, and the place to find out about that is decibelgeek.com. You want Vinnie Vincent news? We got your Vinnie Vincent news. <laughs> it's all happening at decibelgeek.com. Get on over there and check that out. Plus, a bunch of more bands they're talking about for the Bloodstock Festival. Some great stuff going on there. Reviews. The new Struts album. You're getting a review about that. A band called Young and Dangerous. Oh, that's the Struts album. Oh, okay. 
Awesome. Well, there you go. You're getting a review of the Struts album, Young and Dangerous. <laughs> and as always, you got access to every single Decibel Geek episode in the archives, all the way back to number one, mm-hmm. every year in review, every Radio Sucks radio show, every awesome interview we've ever done, and everything else in between. It's all there for you. Go on back to the beginning and catch on up because you're going to learn, you're going to have fun, and you're going to get a whole bunch of new favorite bands. Yes. All right. So other than that... Are you ready to take a dive with the Torpedo Dudes? Yeah, I am. I am too. We should probably get that going, huh? Yeah, we should. So we talk about all this on VIP. So if you're a member of the DBG VIPs on Patreon, you already know that we had a little malfunction with Torpedo Dudes, but you know also that it's getting served up real quick. So we've been talking about this for a while. Now we want to do our own KISS podcast, mm-hmm. but we want to do it special. We want to do it right. We want to do it for our greatest supporters, and our supporters that are the greatest are our Decibel Geek VIPs. They went over to Patreon.com, they looked up Decibel Geek, and they said, I want to support the show. And what do they get in return? They've gotten Decibel Geek guitar picks, they've gotten access to the news letter they've got access to the private facebook group where we converse and talk about things we're doing on the show things that are coming up you know it's it's a great hangout for the the coolest of the cool i like to call them our inner sanctum you know those are our people you know they've also got access we're talking about the torpedo dudes that's coming up real soon and of course the chris and aaron show and this is something we've been doing for a few years now so when we talk about all the old decibel geek podcast episodes that are in the uh in the archive man there's all kinds of chris and aaron shows that are in the archive we're Mm -hmm. almost up to episode 100 on chris and aaron so there's all kinds of stuff for you to discover there and even an opportunity to become a guest host on the decibel geek podcast over the years you've heard people come on and do that and have a great time yeah every time we've never had anybody say man Mm -hmm. that wasn't what i expected it sucked i didn't have no fun (laughs) never has anybody said that that streak stays alive exactly yeah that'd be terrible (laughs) like what's wrong with you everybody else loved it so Get your VIP memberships. They start at only a dollar. You know, give more. You know, give yourself a Christmas gift that keeps on giving, and that is the Decibel Geek podcast and VIP subscriptions. It's a beautiful thing, so get on that. Anything else? I think that's it for now. I'm ready. This is going to be fun. We're talking about our favorite band, our favorite songs from our favorite era. Can't go wrong. So, are you ready to uh, do the top five? <laughs> I, I am, do the and, most and difficult thing I've ever been asked to do in the whole course of doing this whole show? <laughs> How? Well, why is, well why, why is it difficult? Let me ask you that because Kiss is such a band that has such a diverse pool of material. So when you said, hey, well, hey, let's do something different. Let's talk about your top five. And I go, well, cool. And it was always going to be my top five of what I like now. Because it's going to change in a week, and it, it right. was the, it's going to be it was different last week and different last year, and maybe this. So it, it's just how you feel with Kiss. Mm. Kiss is one of those great bands that has something for everyone who's a Kiss fan. So it, this was the easiest thing for me, my my opinion, because <laughs> it was just what am I listening to now? What do I like now? Okay. Well, at least yeah. we narrowed it down. That's how I approached it. Well, I've got I've got my five, but I've got ten alternate choices. <laughs> ten alternate album choices. Right. So I could have done a top fifteen with no problem. So, same, same. Um, 
we'll go round robin style and uh, do our go five to one. And uh, Andrew, you you're the guest. Why don't you do the first one? Oh, oh the, the first one. This is an easy one, and this actually works into the greatest show on earth, and works into Exposed Two. It's I Want You, the version from Kiss Alive Two. I remember hearing this version from Kiss Alive 2 Christmas of 1996. Uh, I, I can't, it was probably 1997 when I got the remaster. Um, I remember hearing the, hearing this version for the first time and going, wow, there's something going on here that's not going on on the studio record. I was a lot younger. I was 10, 11 years old. So I really didn't understand that bands play songs on the studio side different than they did on the, on the live stuff. But anyway, I remember hearing the song. I go, this is this is really cool. There's, there's a lot of power behind this. And the, the, arrangements, the arrangement is a little different on the live version. And then I remember watching the hot and the shade show for the first time and then seeing them playing that little acoustic intro and then the kiss logo rising up and me going, Oh my God, there it is. There's the kiss. So, you know, this song always holds a, a special place for me because it's so cool. It's so, so cool. And do you guys remember when they brought it back in 2003? Mm, I, I'd kind of tuned out during those years, but uh, I, I heard they brought it. I didn't see that show. I remember they brought it back for this tour and then the subsequent Rock the Nation tour. And I saw it and I was like, oh, my God, the greatest Kiss song is back. And I I loved it. And so, yeah, number five, easy. I want you. Okay. Yeah, that live version, too. It's an awesome testament to the, the front man in Paul Stanley, oh, you know, sure. the the cadence with the crowd and doing yeah. the extra stuff and kind of showing like, you know, hey, yes. Robert Plant ain't the only guy that can do stuff like this. You know, that's an awesome example of Paul Stanley yeah. Just kicking ass in his prime. I love it. Cool. So, yes. what's your, what's your yeah. number five, Aaron? So we're going. I'm going next. Yeah. Um, I found when I was putting together my list of my favorite Kiss songs from this era that we're uh, locked into, that my favorite Kiss songs are the live versions of mm-hmm. my favorite Kiss songs. So, this to me is probably going to be a big old testament to Kiss Alive One and Kiss Alive Two, because every single one of my picks comes off of those two albums. So just the songs, the way they're they're presented live, like you said about I Want You, it's the structures of the songs are a little different. Some of them are a little faster. You know, there's, there's different elements to them, and then the excitement of it being live. I pick for number five, Ladies Room off of Kiss Alive 2. I think when it comes in on the first two songs, you got Detroit Rock City and then you got King of the Nighttime World Mm -hmm. back to back like that. That's the big kick, the intro to the show. And then it kind of steps into a different kind of groove and then goes into Ladies Room. (laughs) 
I just love the live version of it. I think it's just, it's a sexy song for sure. You know, it's a song about, you know, meeting a girl and talking her into just going and getting it on in the bathroom. I mean, I'm <laughs> sure Gene Simmons was doing that all the time in 1977. Uh, you, it's a safe bet. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's a song that's real. And the guitars and everything going on in it, the electricity of it in the live form like that, I just love it. That's my number five pick, Ladies' Room Off Alive 2. I like that song. And that's, that's a fun song, which I never understood why they didn't bring it back into the set list from the reunion era on. It, it would have been a, an easy one for them to knock out live, and I think a lot of fans would love to hear it. Um, so I'll do my number five, uh, and this is uh, this goes into with your movie too. It's the opening montage song, Larger Than Life. I uh, yeah. this is one of I think this is one of the best Kiss songs ever written. I think that the drumming is powerful, the yeah. guitar riffs great, and Bob Kulick just absolutely slays the solo on this song. It's yeah. just it's this song has just got all the attitude and swagger of the Gene Simmons that I love from that era, and it's another one they should have played it live more. But uh, yeah, Larger Than Life. That's definitely my number five. Because you think about that, like later on throughout the years, when they start doing the cruises and they start doing these shows where people are yelling at them what they want to hear, mm-hmm. that's a song that always got yelled at them because of the fact that it's so freaking awesome, but they never really played it live. Yeah, Andrew, number four, uh, sure know something. How cool was this song? I remember being really young and seeing that video for you broke and then the rules. It again Wait a minute. Wait one second. You're out of era. I don't care. It's still, I'm, still choosing, I'm still choosing this song. I don't care. I, I don't care. This this song is too good. This song is too okay. good to do that. Right. So so we're, we're, we're sending the air to 1979, and I'm a rule breaker. <laughs> yeah, let's do it, guys. Yeah. I've been- Fast one on us. All right. 
That's a I good did. song. <laughs> sure know, you guys sure know something. I'm picking sure know something. Right. It's one of the top five Kiss songs. Ab- absolutely. All right, I'll tell you a funny anecdote. So, <laughs> I'm on the cruise in 2013. So I end up meeting a girl, and and her favorite song was "Sure Know Something." Funny enough, and then <laughs> after after I'm hanging out there for a little while, she's like, "You know what? I really only know Sure Know Something," and I'm just here because of my dad. And I'm like, "What? Like the luck that wow. I'm on the Kiss cruise, and I and I'm with the one girl that doesn't like Kiss." Come on, yeah. Wow. <laughs> all right. Okay. All right. I'll say they they made me more of a believer in that song with the unplugged version. That definitely yeah. I, yes. I I kind of got it once I heard that version. Yes. All right. So Aaron, what's your number four? All right. My number four is going to be another live one. It's "Come On and Love Me" off of Kiss Alive. Love this song. I've always loved this song. It's one of my favorite Kiss songs. It's probably my favorite Paul Stanley song. Really? I think so because it just. Man, it just kicks, man. It's such a hard rock and driving tune. And again, you know, what I guess it's just I love sexy songs because this is another one. Mm-hmm. You know a guy that writes lyrics like this? He's getting laid. <laughs> He's getting laid a lot. Yeah. That's so. that's Paul. <laughs> that's Kiss in that era. Great. And it's a perfect Kiss song. I love it. Come on and love me. song they reference astrology on it too i also believe yeah you may be right yeah i, I always loved the song i loved it back in the day and um when i saw kiss on the reunion tour in 97 uh they broke that one out and, yeah. and it was just awesome to hear in the set because it's it's one you don't hear a ton and it's it's not kind of we're not burned out on that one yet. right and i think nowadays people throw around the word swagger a lot that one's got it. But that song has got a shit ton of swag. Especially Ace's leads on it. Shit, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, agree. I love the lead part on that song. Okay, so um, my number four, which we've already talked about, I Want You off of Alive 2. I think uh, that song, I mean, that's that song fits Kiss to a T, especially in 77. Yeah. And it's it's definitely Paul taking from the English bands that, that influenced him. You hear a lot of Zeppelin, you hear some Humble Pie in, yeah. in the delivery on that. And uh, it's just a lot of change. Also, it's a song that has a double solo. It's got Paul playing part of the solo and Ace playing part of the solo. So beautiful. It's uh, and it it's one song that every era I've heard the band play that song. It always kicks ass. It's it's worked for every era of the band. And uh, yeah, I love it. I want to use my number four. Nice. Uh, All right. So we're up to number three. What's your number three? All right. So I, I'm gonna 
kind of break the rules again on this one. Oh, Jesus. Uh, but I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. I'm, it's, it's only a kind of breaking the rules. Okay. I know we're supposed to go to 77, but my next song is Strutter. But I love the Strutter 78 that was on the singles box set a couple of years ago. Mm. Holy crap. Double platinum. double platinum. Yeah. Yes, but it, but it's di- the the single version, the one that was actual uh, an actual forty five single, is different than the version that that ended up on double platinum. Hmm. Wow! And it's so much cooler. So track down that version because you can find it, you know, on iTunes or anywhere. It's so cool. <laughs> Strutter, and, and I've loved that song since I heard the Eddie Kramer demo because that version smokes, just smokes. And, and um, but for some reason, I just I I love this this version. I have a playlist on my on my uh, on my phone that is all the '70s Kiss songs that goes up to and includes Dynasty, and it has some of the solo album stuff in there too. And uh, I always remove Strutter from the first album, and I use the single version. <laughs> it's so cool. I don't know why I love it so much, but. But again, so it's kind of breaking the rules, but kind of not. So, Strutter. It's close enough. It's close enough. At it's least close to, close. my favorite live version of Strutter is the one from Kobo. I think it was Night 2 where Paul accidentally knocks the microphone stand over and Gene has yes. to somehow try to figure out the lyrics all of a sudden on the end of the verse. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, it, that's the, you know, you, you mentioned a, a good point. Um, I loved when Paul got stuck during Love Gun in on the Farewell Tour in Anaheim 2000. Mm. And Gene is singing the "I really love you, baby." Yeah, he's just Don't making want shit no up. more lies. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, this is, you've only been playing the song for you know, twenty-five years, Gene. <laughs> yeah, he has no idea what the lyrics are. He don't pay attention because it's not his song. Well, he doesn't exactly. know the lyrics to his own songs very well. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Aaron, what's your number all right? Three? So I'm up to number three. I'm going back to a live one, and I'm going with Rock Bottom. Nice. I love the intro. I love the fact that you can hear them all singing when it kicks into the chorus. I mean, Ace really even stands out. Mm-hmm. I think that's rock bottom, and, and even Parasite on Kiss Alive 1 is the first time you really get to hear some kind of Ace Fraley. You can pick him out. You know, mm-hmm. you can hear him because he's different than Paul. He's different than Pete. You can tell Ace Fraley way before Love Gun ever comes around, Ace Fraley gets a lead vocal. Rock bottom, it's one of my all-time favorite Kiss songs. And again, I think the live version just kicks so much ass that it's just undeniable.
hard not to rank it higher, but I'm putting it at number three. Cool. That's a good one. I've always loved that song. Shoot, yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to stay on a live one for my number three. I'm going to go with Hotter Than Hell. Stanley says it was just a rip off of All Right Now by Free, but fuck it. I'll take it. So is. But I'll take this song over All Right Now any day. I think oh, yeah. this song kicks ass, especially when it breaks into that, that little break that happens right before the solo kicks in with the da 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 da, and then the oh, gong hits, and then they go in. That's Kiss just absolutely kicking yeah. ass on that end part of that song. And you, you you can't sum up that alive period better than the end of Hotter Than Hell. I just, it's such a fucking great song. I mean, powerful. Yeah, it's I, it's one song that doesn't matter how if they played this song every single night, I would never complain ever. It's just it's that good. Yeah. The only cooler version of this of that song from Kiss Alive is the twenty two thousand seven re recorded version or two thousand eight. I'm sorry, two thousand eight. That's when uh, Juco Student came out. Two thousand eight. Oh, yeah. um, just because Hotter Than Hell, the studio album, sounds kind of murky. Yeah. And the songs are great. It just the it's really lacking in production. So, but that end solo, man, when they get when Ace and Peter get cooking, mm-hmm. it's man, it's so good. You listen to those those board tapes from back then, you know, Toronto '76, Cleveland '76, yeah. some of the European shows, and they're just they're rocking out to that little da na na na. Oh, and the dun, on the Toronto, it's cool man, the Toronto '76 one in particular because they don't have the guitar turned up on the board tape. Or on, yeah. the, on the board mix, so you only hear Gene at first, so you hear dun, 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 and it's really badass, and then the guitars fade in. It's the only yeah. way you'll ever hear it that way. Yeah. I used to have that on a bootleg cassette that I bought at the Atlanta convention in 95, and I, I remember hearing I'm like, that sounds different than I've ever heard it before, and I've never heard another bootleg uh, that sounds anything like that. That's badass. Yeah. Happy accident. Yeah, totally. All right. So we're up to number two. Andrew, down to it. Okay, so gonna kind of break the rules again. <laughs> You've broken the rules on every pick. I know that's. The, but okay, so here I won't break the rules. Uh, nothing to lose. Uh, the the original studio version is my favorite version of this song. The biggest mistake behind this song is they didn't officially document that live '77 version where Gene and Peter were doing the the, the alternating callbacks. Yep. that's that's such a cool version. But just something about this song, I've always really loved this song. I love it from the first record. I love it off of Kiss Alive, 
it's such a cool song. And listen, I, I know what it's about, but <laughs> I, you forget you forget about that. You're like, this song is kind of cool. And and for me, being a little bit younger, when I saw them do this on Unplugged years later, this kind of this is the song that kind of started the reunion. Oh, totally. So w- whenever I listen to this song, I'm like, man, this is what started it. And, and it's just it's it's a great it's a cool song and to have that those little, the little piano parts in there it's a you know it's this song always gets my foot tapping i love oh, when yeah. they brought it back out in 2009 i hope that this song gets dragged out on the end of the road tour love it song you know and it's always and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about our top five worst kiss songs and i was talking about peter chris and his you know sometimes wimpy contributions to kiss with bath and hard luck woman you know being his signature songs but this one and you look at live and live too when you're looking at the peter chris songs this is really the only one where he really gets to tear it up besides what i'm guessing is chris's yeah. number one pick but you know, to hear Peter Chris just letting her rip, man, yeah. I love it. It's one of my favorite Kiss songs too. Totally, yeah. And and I that had the the version I love the most, which and it was it ended up being a letdown though, because when they did the Psycho Circus tour launch on Halloween night '98, um, you know they were Fox. Oh yeah, Fox was doing you know Kiss coverage the whole night. They were on Mad TV. They were on Millennium. Yeah. And so and I, and I remember I was at my brother's apartment in one city. And I had to drive back to my – I was living in a trailer at the time. And I was I was taping all of the stuff at home. But then I'm driving back and I realized that um, that the concert's on the fucking radio. I was like, oh my god, they're actually – the Kiss concert is being broadcast live on the radio. Oh, nice. And during my drive home, they played Nothing to Lose and She. Oh, sweet. Wow. And it sounded fucking great. And I was like, oh my god, they're playing both of these songs. These are great. And then, of course, you can imagine my dismay when I find out that, like, what, maybe one show, two shows in, they drop both of them. Man. Uh, they only did it the opening night. Yeah. When they finally, when they had the tour, uh, when the tour proper started, both of those songs were gone and, and Making Love was there. Which, you know, isn't isn't a bad song, no. but when you're teased with Nothing to Lose yeah. and She, and they sounded great. I mean, I, I did a video last year, and I just shared it again on Halloween. You got to see them do that during the dress rehearsals, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was cool. But uh, you know, so they they started the tour in Dodger Stadium in, in, on Halloween night, and then when they, they were in Boston, Massachusetts on November twelfth, that same year, she and nothing to lose was gone, yeah. unfortunately. 
I don't understand. I wonder why. Sounded great hearing it live on the radio. Yeah, if it sounded great and they were awesome <laughs> sure. songs, why drop them out? Uh, uh, well, we could have Something we could have a three-hour discussion on, on set list choices by the bands, right. but uh, yeah, we're not going to do that tonight. True. All right, so Aaron, what's your number two Kiss song? Wow, we're getting right down to it now. Uh, number two for me, one of my favorite Kiss songs, just them kick it ass the live version of it it's got a bunch of extra to it that i love so much the perfect way to end kiss alive one let me go rock and roll It's just got that kick-ass Chuck Berry riff at the beginning, and then it just turns into this whole other thing that I got to imagine influenced so many other bands hearing that. Like, wow, you know, that that song reminds me of, like, glam rock, you know, mm-hmm. like something fast-forward to the 80s when bands like Crew and Poison and stuff like that is coming out. I think they're hearing a song like that and going, holy shit, you know, because it's one of Kiss's fastest Mm-hmm. Most kick-ass rock tunes from back in that day, mm-hmm. and uh, like I said, the way the way it ends the show on yeah. Kiss Alive, you know, where it it breaks down to the drum part and they do a little talking, you know, and then and then it kicks the guitar, you know, yeah. right back into it. I freaking love it. I love every version of that song, but you just can't top the one that ends Kiss Alive one, and it's perfect because when you think, oh, it's the end, wrong. Mm-hmm. Boom! Let me go rock and roll. Yeah, that's that song's incredible. I and, love it. And Ace is just when I a few weeks ago we I did a review of the Spaceman album by Ace, and my main gripe is he doesn't do hummable solos so much anymore like he did back in the early days. This song is total testament to what I'm looking for. Oh yeah, you can sing, you can hum you can the sing entire the whole solo guitar part in that whole song. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so well put together. Da, 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 da. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I liked when they brought back the, the the long version of this on the reunion tour because you know on the even starting on the Destroyer tour and then the Rock and Roll Over tour then they brought it back on the Live Two tour and then obviously the Dynasty tour as well they were doing a, a much shorter version of Let Me Go Rock and Roll and I think it's it cheapens the song when yeah. they don't do the full version yeah I think so too and I love it when they stretch it out and add all that just guitar insanity you know the the, it just shows like the cohesiveness of the band back then too. You know, when you see and can hear Ace Frehley and Paul Stanley playing off each other the way they're playing off each other in this song, it it makes you remember times like Greatest Show on Earth, like 1977, <laughs> when the band's firing on all cylinders, when they're getting that taste of success mm. and they're getting along and everything is awesome. It comes through in a song like that. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we're down to the top two for me. Um, it was really number two and number one. I, I went back and forth like three times on which one was two and which one was one. So they both, the, the number two has a huge personal meaning to me because this song 
was my gateway into the classic Kiss. I, I've told the story a million times, and I'm not going to bore everybody with it again, but I got into Kiss during Crazy Nights through the Reason to Live video of all videos, <laughs> and um, I liked it. I'm not going to lie. I was a I was an 11-year-old kid who was into glam rock, and my brother came home, goes, that's not Kiss, this is Kiss, hands yeah. me alive, and I put on, for some reason, I put on side two of record two, and started out with the beginning of rock bottom, which I didn't even give it a chance. Cause it's like, Oh, it's this melody, little acoustic-y thing. I'm like, I don't want to hear that. So then I go to the second track and it starts, how y'all feel. Yeah. And then it goes into the whole intro to cold gin. And I must've listened to cold gin 20 times in a row after I heard it the first time. And I was like, this is my band. I knew after listening to that one song that Colt, that kiss was going to be my band. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and I've never, I've never not enjoyed listening to this song. Shoot, and uh, yeah, the alive version of Cold Gin. I mean that that that's one of the best things ever in my life is remembering hearing that song for the first time. I tell you something: when you're down in the dumps and you need something to bring you up, there's only one thing that's going to do it the way you want it. What's that? I can't hear you. one thing that made this a lot easier for me because i know you well enough chris i know what your one and two picks were going to be so i was able to leave those out because otherwise you know i don't know you know i would have had to keep those in too but yeah cold gin especially that live version like you say the the shows paul stanley at the beginning how he you know controls that crowd how he's got Peter doing the drum parts with the you know the different sounds for the different drinks i thought i just love that and that's another song that got neutered Starting on the uh, the Destroyer tour, they took up that whole extra little end solo, and they went right into Ace's solo. Right, and they continued to do that on the Rock and Roll Over tour. And this song disappeared, you know, until the the Creatures of the Night tour. 
But it, I, I, I think songs like this, it needs that long version sure. to kind of, you, you need it. It has so much more cohesiveness when you listen to it how it, it was originally intended. No, it's not like that on the studio record, but they've always done it live this way. Yeah. No, I never could get into. Yeah, the, I remember the hearing it. Version. No. But yeah, the, but it just—it's just, it's just it's so much cooler um, listening to the longer version than it is the shorter one, in my opinion. Yeah. I do like the version off the uh, Electric Lady sessions, though. Yes. Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, the Eddie Kramer. Yeah, I like the Eddie yeah. Kramer version of Cold Gin, where even Ace has got a line in that song that he does vocally. So I always like that one, but man, yeah, you just can't top the live version. Yeah. All right. We're down to it. Number one. Number one, Andrew. You're, are you going to break the rules again? I'm actually not going to break the rules this time. This was the easiest song that I that I had to pick because uh, I know I said this Kiss is a band of you know my top changes because of how I feel or blah 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 this and that. This is always my favorite song. Got to choose from Kiss Alive One. Nice. You know I love. I've always loved this song. And then I remember when I heard it on Unplugged when the box set came out, I was like, wow, so cool. And then it, it you know for me this song is the coolest song. And I remember when they started doing this again on the Rock the Nation tour, and I was like, oh, my God, they're playing my favorite song. Right. And I remember sitting in the front row in Japan in 2006 and being in the front row and then them playing my favorite song. I was like, well, what could be better? <laughs> so this is just one of those cool songs where just something about it, that solo, the drum parts, just the got to choose. You know, just something about it was just always so cool. And um, I still go back and listen to it. And, and I still love it just as much as I did when I first heard it. song and yep, me too. this is one i've always kind of this is one where i think the production on hotter than hell kills it because if this song had imagine destroyers production or even rock and roll overs production yeah. level on it this song could have been a radio hit it's it's that, it's totally that catchy and i i always liked it on a live it really clicked for me though with the uh revenge lineup because they did a one-off show here in nashville for uh gibson's gibson guitars anniversary show and they kicked into it. They hadn't even been really playing it on the Revenge Tour, I don't think. And it just, it had such a great sound to it. And like, I remember just being blown away by the song in general. I had a whole new appreciation for it. Right on. That's awesome. Yeah, I think sometimes the production on them early albums hurts some of that, especially in comparison with the the boom that you get with mm. these songs on the live version. Absolutely. Yeah. 
All right, so number one, I, I know what Aaron's number one is. Oh yeah, man, <laughs> I had to really deliberate over this one a lot, but I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, my number one favorite Kiss song is "Ladies and Rock and Roll All Night." It's not "Ladies." And Waiting. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have it's, fisticuffs. It's not "Ladies in Waiting." It better not be "Ladies in Waiting." God, what a fucking awful song. Well, no, I think everybody knows me well enough to know that I don't have a little surprise for you tonight. <laughs> My number one favorite Kiss song, it's also the live version, comes off of Kiss Alive 2. This was the song that, you know, I always liked Kiss, but the live albums were what I listened to a lot. I think I can go back to this song and hearing it one time and going, so what is that? You know, what is going on at the end of this song? And so that's that's the guitar, and so then that's the bass, and so this must be the other guitar and really be able to to kind of break down and separate a song, you know, and to understand it's at such a young, young age that, okay, this produces this sound, this produces this sound, this produces this song, and all together it becomes what it is, a completed thing. Because what I'm hearing in my little little tiny toddler mind is the guitar solo at the end of Shock Me. And... It's just frying my brain like eggs, you know. It's just the most amazing sound and thing that I've ever heard, you know. And to not have been able to, like, see Kiss other than, like, the gatefold on the albums or the booklet that came with Kiss Alive to the evolution of Kiss. That's what it was called, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. the evolution of Kiss. God, I'll never forget it. I'll stare at that thing for hours. But not having like the visual of seeing them live at that point on TV or, yeah. of course, not actually in concert. And so, like, you would look at that album, Gatefold, and I don't know, I, I got to imagine a lot of KISS fans were like me. I know, Andrew, from what we've learned about you here today and seeing what you're able to do with your imagination, would picture KISS playing live based on what you've seen of them. And to hear that, you know, you just kind of imagine Ace Frehley up there just ripping this solo and smoke and all that stuff, man. Kiss, you know, they capture the imagination. And this song really, it didn't just make me love Kiss, it made me love rock music. You know, it enlightened me to, wow, this is more than just something you're hearing. There's there's elements to it and there's things about it that you can learn and, you know... It, it just opened up the whole world for me and solidified my not love, not just for Kiss, but for rock and roll. Thank you, Ace Fraley. Thank you, Kiss. Shock me. We got a little surprise for you tonight. We're going to turn the microphone over to Ace Fraley. Shock me.
I take it you like the song. I like it. I like it a little bit. Oh wow! Wow. No, it's the song that did it for me. No, I know. And I knew this is. I know you well enough to know that this was going to be your number one. Um, I figured. Andrew, is it a coincidence that a lot of these songs are also on the greatest show on earth, the Kiss Mm -hmm. fan film, now streaming on YouTube? Go and watch it. You know how to segue because I was <laughs> yeah. going to make my song. My my song's going to be the playout song. So let's get some plugs out of the way. Let's plug the movie again real fast. <laughs> Greatest show on earth. Stream it on YouTube now. Yes, yeah, so yeah. free. <laughs> yeah, for free. No, it doesn't cost you a thing. Yeah, and, and it never um, will. And you also have your own podcast as well, right? Yes, uh, you can hear me uh, biweekly on Kiss My Collectibles, which is a Kiss collecting podcast. We're a little bit different. We're not uh, a general talking podcast. We like to focus on collecting stuff, whether it be vinyl, bootlegs, toys. I mean, we, we want to cover it all. So uh, we're different. We talk about what we got, what's coming with us. And we like to talk about collecting Kiss is right. why we're a little bit different. So find us at KissMyCollectibles.com or you can search us on YouTube and subscribe to that channel and stay up to date when we post new episodes. We are the only podcast currently on the air that has a promo done by the man himself, Gene Simmons. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> And Kiss Collectibles, what a perfect idea for a podcast. You'll never yes. run out of material. That's for sure. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh, yeah. Uh well that it's been awesome having you on. Um I'm gonna Very cool. I'm gonna go ahead and go into my uh not surprising number one pick for me. Um <laughs> I think everyone will agree. This song captures the quintessential greatness of the original band, and it's one of the greatest rock songs in my opinion ever written it, it oh, yeah. showcases every member of the band you've got a lead vocal by peter chris you've got a cool melodic slow intro by paul stanley you've got amazing riffs written by paul and gene yeah. you've got an amazing solo by ace fraley Shit, yeah you have all four guys playing at their absolute peak and this song if, if you ever want to know why i love kiss put on a live and listen to the live version of Black Diamond. Amen. And tell us what your top five Kiss songs are on the Facebook page this week. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. Maybe we can do a thing where, like Coxie does, where he takes all the results and makes that big pie chart at the end. Yeah, but no picking like that. No picking sure no something like Andy. <laughs> Hey, you know what? I love to break the rules. I mean, I've been on other shows. I've, I think I've been on almost every Kiss podcast at this point. Right on. But I've been on other shows where they're like, oh, I'll do this. And I'm like, no, no, I'm going to do it this way, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> I, can't, I can't have yes, a top sir. five without sure no something. I love that song. Oh, I just, okay. I love it. All so. right. Fair, fair enough. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Out on the street for a living. Pictures of
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 